Laura Beener, president and co-founder of The Healing Rose and so many nonprofits that you serve. Welcome to Hemp Errands. We are so happy to have you here today, sister. Thank you, Joy. I'm so honored to be here and to join you. And I'm just so excited. The work that you're doing, both in your business with some of the most incredible products I've tried, remains to this day my very favorite lip balm on the planet Earth is the Healing Rose Lip Balm. And of course, uh, the advocacy work that you so tirelessly do uh, has has made you just such a shining star, not just in Massachusetts and then in North Northeast region and the East Coast, but really across the nation and globally. Can you first start by telling us a little bit about how you came to hemp and what brought you to discover and create the Healing Rose, a hemp extract cosmetic and dietary supplement company? Sure. So I first discovered cannabis when I was 18. Um, and I'll never forget the first time I consumed. And it just honestly changed my life. I, I felt like the melting away of anxiety. I felt kind of just like a free feeling for the first time. I lived my whole life with a lot of anxiety. I'm a high performer, um, really did sports my entire life all year round. And I just yeah, I found cannabis and it was just kind of just sparked my, my future. Um, I use cannabis religiously ever since then um, as a medical patient. And then um, when cannabis was, you know, the medical industries were popping up um, 2013, I realized there was going to be a cannabis industry. Um, and that's, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted 100% to be a cannabis entrepreneur um, I was going to college for business school, and I would go through all my business classes thinking, how does this apply to cannabis? How can I think about the plant, and how can I write this paper on cannabis? And anytime I could use cannabis as a subject matter in my studies at Northeastern University, I did. And I you know I was a top-performing student. Um, I got mostly A's. I graduated cum laude as a teaching and research assistant, and I did all of that very open that I was a cannabis consumer. Um, I went to my classes, you know, consuming. I did all my work, you know, using cannabis. Um, it's not something that holds me back. I find it's something that enhances my life and helps me perform to a higher, higher um, performance. And uh, pun there. Um, and yeah, so um, I have been an athlete my whole life. And then when I re-dislocated my kneecap in the summer of 2016, I discovered what topicals really could do. Um, I originally did it in high school, so it, it's a reoccurring injury. And when I dislocated it, put a solve on it that was supposed to be just for period cramps. Um, it combined cannabinoids, herbs, and essential oils. And it was just that light bulb moment of, oh my goodness, I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to be a cannabis entrepreneur. And here's the, this like line of products that people don't even really talk about, um, that people don't understand the power of it. And it's a way for me, me to be able to change people's lives. And that's, you know, that was kind of my, always my goal as an entrepreneur is to find a way to be my own boss, obviously to work with the plant, which was something I discovered. And then I knew my true passion would be able to help people. And so what better way than the cannabis plant to, to be able to do that? I'm just, I got goosebumps several moments during that story. I did not realize, um, you know, the experience that you had at Northeastern. And I just love to hear, you know, the folks who 
who uh, their entire purpose in life is, you know, healing humanity and healing the planet. And they've been particularly struck by the cannabis plant, as I obviously have the, the very first that I learned about it. It literally altered the trajectory of my life's work and purpose as it has you Um and just so fantastic to know when we when we start to integrate, of course, into uh, the mainstream, whether it's through academia or through high end law firms, which was which was my story. Um, and to be able to apply everything that we're learning into delivering on the promise um, and the full potential of this incredibly versatile, valuable plant. And you found, Miss Entrepreneur, a legal and regulatory framework. Uh, at least on a state level, to begin to create your vision with the Healing Rose, which of course is exactly herbs and essential oils, botanical extracts, right? Um, and through uh, that endeavor, you of course realized how important it is to engage in that process. And so, and we're going to come right back to the Healing Rose, but tell us a little bit about, and I'm just going to name some of your titles. Like me, it starts to get just too much if we name them all, right? Because uh, people either realize that we're about to go insane um, or we're just not taking all that great care of ourselves. And, and so yet, yet I know we can do it. So you, you co-founded and are still on the board of directors, of course, the Massachusetts Hemp Coalition, which does incredible work. And I want you to tell us about that. You also serve on the board of directors of both the Northeast Sustainable Hemp Association and Elevate Northeast, all of which do tremendous work uh, in slightly different ways. Could you tell us a little bit, starting out with the Massachusetts Hemp Coalition, which you founded? Sure. So I guess I can start um, for the reason why we founded it. Um, 2019, we woke up one day um, in June, and it was three days after the Healing Rose just moved into a brand new 4,000 square foot facility that we had built out. And the Department of Agriculture here in Massachusetts, which we're licensed under, came out with a list of approved products that were allowed to be made if you had a Massachusetts of Department of Agricultural license, and pretty much left off 80% of the CBD products that are popular on the market. So any animal products, any kind of food, edible products, um, and pretty much just left it to be, you know, seed, fiber, clothing, um, and topicals. And so that quickly sparked off um, a domino effect in the industry. And everyone got really afraid because as we all know, see those CBD products are everywhere, flowers everywhere. Um, they specifically said flour can't be sold. And we had all these hemp farmers who were just getting into this space really excited to grow. I mean, it's June, right? So they already had their growing season underway. Um, and it just threw this whole wrench into the industry. So within, I think it was 48 hours, I had organized a group of 35 plus interested stakeholders to come together to figure out what are we going to do. Um, and so what we ended up doing is we organized a huge rally at the state house. And from that um, kind of rally cry and coming together, we formed the Massachusetts Hemp Coalition. And from there, we advocated at the state house. We made a ton of noise. We worked with legislators. Um, the state house rally was amazing. I think we had like 30 plus speakers, hundreds of people showed up. Um, and that was just within two weeks. So the Department of Agriculture definitely, I don't think, saw that coming. Um, and we just, we rallied the troops, cannabis, you know, consumers, hemp consumers, farmers, processors, retailers, researchers, 
um, we all came together. And so we, we made a lot of noise, let the, um, you know, the Department of Agriculture know how important this is. We wrote a bill. Um, unfortunately, it's still it's still been many years and we still haven't gotten the, the hemp edibles allowed for. But there are things that we we have, you know, worked for and gotten past. Uh, one thing is that we got past in 2020 going into 2021 is we created a um, protected market for hemp farmers and processors in the state to sell CBD and hemp cannabinoid products into dispensaries here. So that's a big win for us. And hemp flour is now allowed to to be sold into dispensaries. So yeah, we, we like to fight. We create a lot of noise. We do media campaigns, getting the word out on different you know rules and regulations, anything that licensees need to know, um, creating education for farmers, which is such a, a huge part of it. And yeah, we just try to try to help people and we don't make a single penny off of it. We do it because we love it. And we just that my little hemp coalition team that I have um, just really love helping people. So I'm, I'm really grateful. I, I am not holding my breath for the very first penny that I might make on the thousands of hours of advocacy either, sister. No, this is the plant just drives and this is how we get it done. And which is why you have just such a very special place in my heart and in the movement. It is everything. And and to be able to do it in Massachusetts. Now, I, of course, um, uh, get to do great work. I no longer live in Massachusetts. I was born there. So we're talking the spirit of protest, the spirit of activism and organizing people. And I watch you do it every day because, of course, all of the groups that are doing excellent work I'm following on Facebook and Sister, there is nary a moment. You get out the most timely information on those Facebook pages with the calls to actions, with the appropriate links. I mean, there there's activism and then there's real true calls to action that are actionable and you can deliver on them. And they require links, phone numbers. They require actual information and email addresses and the script. And you get it done, Sister. And that's why things keep moving along uh, there in Massachusetts. I know it's been quite difficult uh, in the very beginning. And I think it, uh, on some level, or they did just amend this, correct me if I'm wrong, it used to be, of course, that any the hemp needed, of course, to be sown in Massachusetts, processed in Massachusetts, manufactured in Massachusetts in order to be sold in Massachusetts, unless, of course, it were a grain or fiber product. And that amendment um, uh, has moved forward, has it not? Yeah. So you can work with someone who is licensed by the USDA or their state program now. So that has made it a lot easier. We are at the Healing Roads have to use certified organic hemp extract now since we're certified organic. And oh, my gosh, does that make it a lot more difficult? Um, but we actually found a Massachusetts farm that grows organically, and we actually do seed to sale in Massachusetts, even though it isn't required. Um, but we really is, you know, is my role in the hemp coalition. I'm trying to keep as much money in the state. It's already hard enough to grow hemp here in the Northeast. I mean, you know, it, we, get, we get a lot of disadvantages, never mind the price of land and everything that comes with it. I mean, the people that grow hemp here, I, I try to support as much as I possibly can. As much as I was born in Boston and lived there for the first six years of my life, I was raised in Maine and we called you Taxachusetts. So I oh, yeah. get it, my sister, I get it. Now, can you tell us now a little bit about the Northeast Sustainable Hemp Association? And then we'll move on to the yet even more unique and so important mission of Elevate Northeast on which you also serve as a board of directors. Yes, so NOSHA, as we love to call it, um, really, it, we work. We kind of we like to call it the sister organization and the Massachusetts Hemp Coalition, since it's a lot of the same people. Um, but what we're really hoping to do forward with NOSHA is work 
really with uh, creating education with the farmers. Um, I want to do a huge push on how do I get my farm certified organic? How can I able to ha- you know be have hemp that's actually organic? Because that's a that's a whole nother process, and it is the hardest for the farmers to, to get that certification. So just creating education for them um, is kind of what NOSHA does. And we are really excited to actually, that is a, a certain nonprofit, um, a 501c3. So we're really excited to be able to just do a lot more education and working with farmers. Um, we also do some stuff with NOFA. And I think we're going to be doing um, a presentation at the NOFA Summer Conference if we get accepted. Would you mind um, just educating our listeners who are probably not all familiar with the acronym of NOFA? And it's so important. Yes. Um, what is it? The North? Oh, we got the Northeast Farming Association, I believe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like Northeast Organic Farming Association. Oh, my gosh. No, all good. Thank you. Yes. They, fo- they fo- focus on organic, of course. Um, and Marty, who is their lobbyist, who worked with us closely, getting us a lot of meeting with legislators and pushing um, all the advocacy. He showed me the way and how to and Marty from NOFA. I can't even say enough good things about him. He is a genius. He knows how to work with um, especially the legislators who are hemp friendly and farming friendly um, and really showed us the way. And they're they're a great group and always willing to help. And I'm always willing to help them too. They're they're awesome. It's that coalition building that really um, you know makes it all different. And and NOFA of course has been around since 1982. So so wow. plugging into them is just what talk about coalition building, sister. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and we, for for developing that relationship with them for hemp. Yeah, I pay for a membership for them just to support too. Even though I'm not a farmer per se, um, but they're awesome. I really, really love them. Oh, fantastic. And I did not realize that Northeast Sustainable Hemp Association is a bona fide 501c3. So charitable, educational, tax deductible donations, of course, within the Internal Revenue Code. But you get to focus on education, which is everything. And as soon as we wrap up Elevate Northeast, which is so important, I want to talk a little bit about that consumer education and particularly around certified organic and, uh, you know, the the basically labeling issues that we go through with less ignorant and less sort of sophisticated and unfortunately less scrupulous uh, actors out there calling their products organic when they do not come anywhere near meeting that certification, or maybe they would meet it, but they don't have the certification. But before we go there, Elevate Northeast. Tell us about that on the board of directors of which you serve. Yes. Oh, I love I love the Elevate Northeast group. We started out actually as Women Grow Boston back in 2016. And then we operated that chapter for about a year and a half, closed it. And then all those wonderful women and everyone, we all just started Elevate Northeast, which is a 501c3. Um, and we don't have to focus on necessarily, you know, there's, you need to focus on revenue to sustain the you know, organization, but it's really about education. Um, there's a huge focus on scholarships. So we're creating scholarships for people to go to Holyoke Community College, to go to the cannabis program there, and just creating different, I, I think they do at least once once a month, there's an educational series, um, and they're always free to attend. So with just a lot of amazing opportunities and creating networking and focusing on, you know, diversity and promoting women in the space. And yeah, it's just, and it, I'm so grateful to have such a, an amazing tribe of women locally and people that support me. That was such a huge key to the Healing Roses success was 
was all the local women that I've, I've met through this organization. It's really an incredible community that exists in the Northeast. I, I'm blessed, as you know, to be able to travel around and get flavors of of the com- the actual communities that exist. And, and there are certain regions that just light up. And the Massachusetts and New England region is really amazing. Um, and so it's wonderful to see when women get together. Oh, my goodness, the work that we can do and the mountains that we can move. And you certainly are moving them. So let's get back to the Healing Rose and talk about uh, the very high standards and ethics um, under which you operate the company, whether it comes to compliance in every respect, um, and then certifications. And can we talk a little bit about what it's like? I, of course, um, have some clients that are very well-funded. They're large clients and they can afford, um, although it hurts everybody these days because the FDA's continuing refusal to do its job and create a regulatory framework for hemp extract, you know, leaves us all in this very precarious environment. Um, but nevertheless, they can afford to hire people like me to make sure that they are staying compliant with labels and and all of these other things. Whereas for small businesses and small entrepreneurs, it's that much more difficult. Now, here you are literally setting the highest bar that can be set for the products that you sell at thehealingroseco.com. And you have to compete with not only these very large international well-funded companies, but also all the same companies that everyone has to compete with who are not compliant, who do not have the same standards and ethics, um, and who frankly are untruthful on their labels. Just tell us a little bit about your experience around that and and knowing the commitment and finances and resources and dedication that goes into getting uh, USDA certified organic certification, not just for your hemp, not just for your ingredients, not just for a solvent that might go into one of your botanical extracts, but for your entire facility and operation, what that means. Yeah. So day one healing rose, you know, we committed to always using certified organic ingredients whenever possible. So any carrier oil, herb, essential oil, any wax, butter, anything like that, always USDA certified organic. Um, And, you know, that's, that's a commitment that, costs us a lot of money. Um, it limits us sometimes in the products we can make. Um, but it's so, it's so important to everything that we are as a brand. Um, and then once we were able to, you know, get our products certified organic, we started on that very long, um, and just tedious process of going through the certification, um, base date certifiers or base date organic certifiers here in Massachusetts. They are very strict. They're helpful, um, but they they consider themselves one of the strictest in the country to getting actually certified organic. And hemp was a new venture for them, um, so I'd say that they were even a little bit more strict with us through the process, which I expected. Um, and that's okay, you know that that, that was fine. We wanted to do everything 100%. Um, and when we went through the whole process and got our you know approval. I believe there was only one tiny little thing that he had to do an edit for. Um, and he said that was like absolutely incredible. Our and teammate, um, Julia, that headed that whole project, she did a fantastic job and the very tedious, every SOP, everything with our business. Now it really helps set you up though for success and being able to scale. So, I mean, having all of that groundwork laid, um, 
is going to do wonders for your business. If you, if someone's listening and is thinking, should I do that? Like absolutely go through that. Um, we're going through GMP right now too, and getting that certification hopefully by the end of the year and all of those things just help you, you know, go to the next level. And we're really small. We have a small team, but we're just creating a more efficient production system. Um, we make everything ourselves. So and that creates a lot of logistics. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just committing to that. You're never going to cut any corners. Um, your team it takes everything very seriously. Um, and yeah, we we're just trying to create the most consistent products that are going to work well. That customers feel that their dollar is getting a really great value for, and creating that emotional connection with customers by treating them all the same, and knowing that we really care about them is a huge, huge part of the success. There's something that will never change about consumers and successful businesses, right? And that is an outstanding product for a fair price with consistently outstanding customer service. You've got a winner if you can meet that mark. And boy, uh, do you ever meet that mark. And and in terms of those, um, you know, out there who would say, organic, certified organic, you know, and then, then there's those who actually, and they're very proud of themselves. Again, it's not necessarily that so many of these folks are bad actors, although they are out there, let us not fool ourselves, you know, that think because they got hemp that was USDA certified organic, that they can go ahead and put that USDA certified organic logo on their label when in fact there are tremendous, those logos are not logos, they are seals. They are certification seals and they may only be used uh, under very precise uh, circumstances. And just having one certified ingredient in your uh, product does not a certified organic product make. Um, So that can be frustrating. And it sounds like that you and the Healing Rose um, do like most everyone else who's doing their best to follow the law and put out a fantastic uh, product. And that is just ignore the folks on the shelf next to them that are, you know, not being truthful and not being accurate and who are being misleading in their label claims. And that boils down to consumer education which is why it's so fantastic that not one, but two of the organizations that you serve are 501c3s. So both Elevate Northeast and again, the Northeast Sustainable Hemp Association. So we're talking about educating the consumer, educating the consumer. We all need to do that every step of the way. Um, And then on the GMP, I'm just so excited to hear that you're moving Uh, forward with that because, of course, from a federal perspective, again, once we actually have a recognized framework for hemp extract, um, requires compliance with GMP or current good manufacturing practices. They are built into the law. It's in the Code of Federal Regulations. It doesn't require a certification. It requires compliance. But That certification is everything. That's how sophisticated consumers and distributors cut through who's really playing. Oh, shall I take your word of honor in the middle on the heels of hysterical prohibition? Let me take your word for it versus (laughs) that third party uh, GMP certification. So I'm just so excited for, I mean, at that point, I don't know what else you're going to, then you'll, I guess you'll go for international certifications. I mean, my God, you'll have, you'll be at the top of the heap at that point sister with really the big, big dogs. And I just can't tell you how thrilled I am about that. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. It's it, and a big thing here with us now too in Massachusetts is where we are kind of like an official cannabis company. So being able to sell into that protected dispensary uh, market and being able to differentiate ourselves from cannabis brands that can't be GMP, can't get organic certification, um, can help us like really set ourselves apart even that much more. And For real. yeah, the really exciting thing is, is we have so many cannabis companies now trying to collaborate with us that it kind of feels like I could pick who I get to work with instead of trying to ask like, Hey, do you guys want to work with us? I think I have like six companies that have just reached out in the last couple of weeks after Nikan Boston. Like we need to collaborate with you. You can use our equipment. You can put your logo on it. Let's get those THC products on the market. Yeah. And I'm like, this is everything I've worked for. And you know, it's, it's not, you know, I still have so much more to go, but it just feels like things are starting to finally click into place. We're becoming the brand that I've always, always envisioned us to become. Oh, sister. Now I, I do not run my life by the fortune cookie. Okay. <laughs> I, my, my, I run my life by the plan and it has guided me well for over 30 years now. And yet while I was at NOCO, the North, uh, Northern Colorado Hemp Expo recently, I got a fortune cookie and it said, and I, I assumed it was for everybody. I'll take the little bits, you know, of, of inspiration where I can. And it said, your path is more well-lighted than you have allowed yourself to realize. Well, of course it is, sister. Of course they're flocking to you. Um, and it's and it's happening with all of us, right? It's just that we've, we've got our head down and we're doing the work. And we're not just doing the work building our business, which you do so well. We're doing the work building the movement, building the industries, building the community, um, organizing people. And when your head is down doing the work, uh, you don't necessarily see. And yet every day the light comes through and more opens up. And I'm just so excited to hear that that's happening with you now. What is particularly unique, if the listeners didn't already realize that you are superwoman, um, you're doing all of this as brand new parents to twin baby girls. Tell us a little bit about that experience. I, I have to admit, you know, I had a, the first hemp store in New York when I had two little ones, um, but it was, I, we didn't have so much of a movement then. I, I did marches, I had community events. But we did not have this rapidly developing area of law that, for me, I'm national, right? So it's just like whack-a-mole, 50 states, federal. I'm on the Rolodex now for other countries. And it's whack-a-mole. So it was an entirely different environment. When I saw that you were pregnant and then followed you through Facebook and then the delivery, I'm just like, how is she doing it under these truly explosive circumstances with asteroids hitting meteors? Tell us a little bit about that experience, please. <laughs> yeah, so my whole life, I um, I enjoy multitasking. I like keeping my plate really full. I've actually been a basketball coach for the last seven years, co coaching softball for the last two years. So I, I'm really like doing a bunch of different things. So I'm like, let's try parenthood. Um, let's throw that all on top of it. So luckily we got pregnant with twins. We are like, let's do this. We, uh, if there's anyone that likes to take on extra challenges, it's my partner and I. So like, sure, why not? Um, I worked until I was 38 and a half weeks pregnant, literally worked six hours before I went into the hospital, um, had our biggest sale of the year <laughs> delivering them. Like, it was wild, like making crazy money on retail sales, like while I'm at the hospital. Um, wow. And I was like, this is this is my life. This is how I've always lived. You know, growing up, I was uh, really into school and sports and photography and arts and always tried to be a really well-rounded person. So I'm like, 
I, you know, always wanted to be a mom. It seemed like the perfect time. Um, and yeah, I don't really let any my career or anything like that hold me back. Luckily, my partner does the business with me, so we're able to manage things really well. And I fit in coaching in there kind of as like my mental health break, I like to call it, because sports was so important to me growing up. Um, it allows me to like check out of the world, real world for a little bit and get into sports. So, yeah. A much healthier habit than television. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch TV. I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> just amazing. You just are such a light. This is fantastic. And and now let's talk about the product line and what makes the products that the Healing Rose creates so special and, and the love that you put into them. And I know that we've discussed a lot, obviously, about standards and quality, but some more about the ingredients, the, the way you select uh, your ingredients for your products and, and the ones you love the most. And, and feel free to take us through the line as you see fit. Sure. So um, kind of like our, our staple is our, our solve line. Um our lemon ginger, which is our strongest one, 100% our bestseller by far across all product lines. Um, it uses arnica and calendula herbal infusions. So we soak those um, in olive oil, those beautiful flowers, pull out all those amazing properties. Um, there's also menthol, eucalyptus, lemon, ginger, black pepper oil. Um, we really believe in, obviously, you want something to smell amazing. Um, people are going to be using it all the time, but there's so many different plants to use. And we really focus on things that are analgesic and anti-inflammatory um, and really help support the healing and the relief of localized topical application. So, I mean, making products like one of my favorite things in the world and going through the R&D and trying out, you know, hundreds or you know dozens, potentially hundreds of different formulas um, getting the feedback, seeing what works. Um, we also have bath soaks. Those um, are really fun because those don't have to be necessarily all for relief, the, the different essential oils. Um, they can just smell really amazing. So we have um, nine different options there. So we have got five regular and then four um, rotating seasonal bath soaks that are really, really popular. Um, we've got our tinctures that, because of the Department of Agriculture, how it works, technically aren't edibles um but they you know it's the secrets out there edibles they you know it's a tincture but that is all we can do as far as anything sublingual or anything like that and we've got our lip balms of course those are very well known my entire career at the healing rose i'm giving out lip balms like it's candy um it's a great way to market yourself and make people remember you i like to say always stay in people's pockets best business card in the world is a lip balm. And, and I just got to say, not all lip balms are the same. I mean, they just oh, yeah. aren't. You can you can have a, a healing rose lip balm and then you can have the finest. I mean, the finest Clinique, L'Oreal, Burt's Bees. I'm just going from your most toxic over the counter at the <laughs> fancy Bloomingdale's to your finest natural, most expensive one at your finest natural food store. And I challenge anybody to put any of them up against a Healing Rose lip balm in a blind taste test or feel test and be like, oh, this is head and shoulders above the rest. So I don't know what the heck. <laughs> and you tell us all, I'm, I'm on the website now, you know, you tell us all about it, but 
you put some magic into it, sister, and it's different than any other lip balm I've ever had. And I'm pretty much a lip balm pro at this point. So <laughs> not just an awesome business card, a really awesome and valuable gift. I appreciate that. Yeah, the the organic ingredients in there and what we choose, the honey, the mango butter, the coconut oil, the beeswax, all of that is just so healing on top of the full spectrum CBD oil. Um it really, it really does like mend the lips. Like if you get a split lip or anything like that, it, it's incredible how, how quickly it can help heal. For real. And if it's the only thing you've got at the, at the concert or the conference or the event, you can kind of put it up in a, in a pinch. You can put it on anything. It's a solve stick. Yeah. That's what I tell people. Yeah. yeah I'm like, you split a cuticle, a cuticle and it's like the worst thing in the world and you're in pain, like try it out. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, it'll save your, save your day real quick when you're in pain. They're really cool. Gosh. And I cut you off before you told us a little bit about your massage oils, your roll-ons, um, and your Bud Sud CBD soap. Yeah, yeah. So the oils, obviously, we, we work with probably 40-plus massage therapists all over the country that use us as, like, upgrades to their massage services. So that's actually, we offer pro-size massage oils and work a ton with massage therapists and acupuncturists and chiropractors. Um, since CBD and massage are, like, the perfect unison they they go so lovely together um and then i'd say the most excited line that we create we don't even actually sell to the public yet it's coming out um hopefully in may but we are doing suppositories and we've been doing suppositories for three three to four years and been giving them out i've given out thousands of suppositories we have people with colitis and um, all sorts of issues and Crohn's that we, we donate to. Um, so we're going to actually be selling CBG and CBD suppositories for the market for all different reasons. Um, and we're going to be creating a give back program and kind of officializing and um, creating an intake process for people to get monthly suppositories for free and need. So we're really Really excited about that. I'm very passionate about suppositories. I speak about them any wellness events I speak at. Um, I love to speak to veterans about suppositories. I'm trying to like get rid of that stigma, get rid of any kind of awkwardness about talking about them um, because they can just be so healing and so amazing for so many different reasons. That that's probably what I, I can't wait to they're on the market because I won't be able to stop talking about them. <laughs> and no, you and you're in such good company around that. Obviously, we're just seeing such tremendous results in CBG with the tremendous, you know, gut health and the and the gut brain access. So um, access so important. And you know, when that time comes, uh, when the feds move in, you know, feel free to give me a call because, as you well know, suppositories are over-the-counter mm -hmm. drugs and drugs, right? They are not dietary supplements or food or cosmetics, um, as are a lot of these products. And uh, and I just hope that you that you will have me on speed dial, sister, if I can help uh, navigate that framework for you. And and in the meantime, so grateful that you are getting them out to the people. Um, and again, that destigmatizing, it's so important. We have them available here in Washington, where I live, the state of Washington, through dispensaries. I mean, and they're low, low THC, but it's the only way that we uh, have access to them here. And um, just so thrilled that you're, that you're getting them out there. Now, Anything else? And of course, you've got your Healing Rose apparel. Um, I'm the proud owner of a Healing Rose t-shirt, and that whole line uh, is available um, on your website as well. And you've got the soap. Oh, yeah. So we don't make the soap, but we do partner with Bud Suds out of Westfield, Mass., and she uses our um, CBD extract in there. 
and she makes amazing soaps. They've been doing it for nine years. Um, really, really nice family. Love to support them. And, and she makes not just CBD soaps, but she makes a ton of other soaps too. But yeah, they're very talented and love to support them. That's the only product that we offer that we don't actually make ourselves, but love to. Local, and but you're supporting a local woman-owned company that you absolutely love and trust and make rounding out, Miss Well-Rounded, your cosmetic line with soap. Yeah, exactly. And I don't ever want to make soaps out of respect for them in the market. So I'm like, you guys can make the soap and, and I'll, help, I'll help sell it. <laughs> ah, and there we come to another recurring theme of the emerging hemp industries, and that is cooperation cooperation, oftentimes called coopetition. And what you're talking about there is a perfect example of that, which is let's deliver on the dream. Let's work smarter and not harder. How can we help each other um, build our businesses and build the hemp industries, especially linking arms with those who are responsible and ethical with highest standards and highest quality? Mm-hmm. Especially with the small businesses, like we have to stick together and Big hemp is is important to be there, and we can work well with big hemp. But if small businesses start infighting and start working against each other, you know it, we're going to take each other down. So I'm a huge fan of spreading education. How can I help you? I've helped literally competitors through the MDAR licensing process. I will like literally fill out your application with you because that's the right thing to do. And I want competition. Competition makes my company better. I sometimes get frustrated when I see competitors not competing to the level I want them to compete at to push my company better. I'm like, you are not performing and like to the standard I need to make me better. I'm like, where is this next competition I need to look at? <laughs> so I start looking at cannabis brands. That's like what I'm starting to look at now because I'm like, how can I get to that next level is constantly making the people that I'm looking at, you know, above me. Like, I don't want to be... Yeah, if that makes sense. That's what... <laughs> of course it does. And and as an athlete that you are, you know, my, my father, an, an attorney who, you know, has had such an influence in my life, he... He always raised me with this sort of saying, this proverb, which was joy. If you want to be a better tennis player, then you're going to have to play tennis with people who play better than you. But if you play tennis with people who don't play as well as you, it's going to bring your game down. So way to just hold the line for everybody and continue to raise the standards um, and develop the industry that we need, that we must have, that the public and that hemp deserves. You are such an inspiration, Laura Beaner. Is there anything as we come to a close today that, that you wish I'd asked you or a particular message that you might want to share with, with folks as we, as we part ways until we have you back again on Hemp Barons? Um, I always just like to, to let people know that advocacy for this plant is something that you are required to do if you are going to make money off of it. And if you do not like something in your industry, don't sit back and just complain, um, do something about it. You know, we could have just sat there and complained and been bummed out that things weren't going our way, or you could set up, you know, make noise, let legislators know. Oftentimes they're just, you know, ignorant to what's going on and don't know the best. Um, so advocate for yourself, advocate for this plant and create the change you want to see instead of just just complaining because I think a lot of people think what can I do what can I do and it's literally just go do something go do it instead of just sitting back and talking about it Ah, engage in the process what a mirror you my dear are the heart of hemp you and your entire family your partner your children the whole healing rose team 
every uh, board on which you serve. You are really the heart of hemp. You're the light of the world, sister. Thank you so much for everything that you do, Laura. And I can't wait to watch you continue to unfold. I cannot wait to be a witness your great success and also looking so much forward to having you back. Thank you for being with us today, Laura. Thank you, Joy. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.